Hampton Roads, welcome to another edition of Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month to dialogue with you, take your calls. If you have a question or comment relating to your personal financial situation, then I'd love to hear from you. All we need is your first name, city you're calling from, and no matter what I'm talking about, if it's important to you, then it's important to me. I'll get you right on air. 627-7979. Don't forget that area code, 757-627-7979. Wealthwave Financial Advisors is the proud sponsor of Dollars and Common Sense. We are an independent registered investment advisor, which means we're legally held to a fiduciary standard to put our clients' interest ahead of our own in any business dealing. And that's the way it should be when you work with a financial advisor. As the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. So by design, we can't work with everyone. We work with a relatively small group of high net worth individuals, but that's one of the reasons we feel so strongly about coming here every second and fourth Tuesday at 6 p.m., and that's to reach out and help as many people as we can in the Hampton Roads listening area achieve your measure of financial success. Because it is a core belief at Wealthway Advisors that the overwhelming majority of people in this country have the opportunity for financial security if they choose it. And it is a choice because it takes some time, it takes some effort, and it takes some knowledge. We are here to help. You got to take that first step, though. Pick up the phone. Give me a call, 627-7979, whether you want to talk about anything having to do with the investment markets, with the economy, uh, insurance products like life insurance, health insurance, property casualty, taxes, tax planning, tax reduction strategies, retirement planning, retirement plans, 401ks, 403bs, TSPs, IRAs. Roth IRAs, uh, mortgage options, and Social Security claiming strategies, and estate planning, wills and trusts. All that and more falls under the umbrella personal finance we are here to discuss tonight. 627-7979. All right, topic of today's show, probably one of the more um, difficult and important aspects of financial planning. How to make your money last your lifetime. You know, we spend uh, a good portion of our life, our early life, first two-thirds approximately, learning, earning, working, saving, sacrificing, investing, and accumulating uh, a certain amount of net worth, nest egg, life savings, whatever you want to call it. But accumulate two-thirds, about the first two-thirds of our lives are spent uh, accumulating assets to then prepare for, in America, what is kind of a traditional retirement, the final third of our life in retirement. And while the definition of retirement uh, has evolved through time, and um, nowadays it's not quite, uh, it's certainly not as final and formal as it was, say, a couple decades ago, 
a lot of times we're seeing nowadays a hybrid retirement solutions, which I think is good. Uh, it's healthy from a financial standpoint. It's also healthy from um, uh, a mental standpoint, and it's healthy from a physical standpoint as well to stay engaged in some active, um, worthwhile pursuit. So how do you make your money last your lifetime without fear of running out? The accumulation phase is relatively easy. Spend less than you earn, save the difference, invest wisely, and despite whatever the crazy stock market is doing in any given month or year, keep going, keep saving, keep investing, keep dollar cost averaging, keep contributing to your company retirement plan. In fact, market pullbacks, bear markets, are one. Of, that's one of the best times to keep saving keep investing. Um, doesn't feel that way at the time, but it, it certainly is in hindsight. But then you reach that critical time period, that age of retirement. And most of us at some stage of our life wants to at least scale back, if not um, choose to not work at all for money reasons if we don't have to. And then maybe engage in other pursuits. Obviously, leisure is a big part of that, travel a big part of that, but maybe hobbies, volunteer work, a passion project, take up uh, a new skill. Um, I guess everyone's supposed to be doing pickleball now. I don't, you know, I don't know if you go pro in pickleball. Well, I actually, now I've seen it on ESPN. You can go pro in pickleball. So, right, so maybe you start your pickleball career. career. Yeah, just when you thought cornhole was gonna gonna be your big <laughs> ticket, over the, you know? no, it's it's pickleball. pickleball. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, once we get to uh, retirement age and and uh, our regular work income is either reduced or eliminated, and then we have Social Security. Some of us may still be lucky enough to have a pension nowadays. So Social Security may be a pension, but then it's savings your lifetime of hard work, dedication, sacrifice, uh, and investing over time. So how do you make sure that whatever amount you've accumulated over your lifetime will last as long as you do? And at what rate can you withdraw funds or how much income can you have off of your investment portfolio without fear of running out of money? So we're going to delve into some of those uh, um, topics and strategies tonight, and I'm going to give you some ideas and things to think about, some pointers, some tips to help you la allow your money to last your lifetime. So I think we want to start the conversation with, well, how long are we going to live anyway, right? I mean, that, that's a big factor in the equation. Well, obviously, none of us knows precisely our end date, but we do know approximations, and we do know averages. So, for example, um, in the United States, the life expectancy of a male at birth is 76 years. Female, 81 years. So, okay, that's a good starting point. Think of that as our uh, life expectancy, how long we need to make our money last. But life expectancy evolves. It changes. As you, we age, life expectancy also increases. So if you make it to age 50, then the probability is that your life expectancy for a male goes from 76 to 80. 
for a female from 81 to 83. So if you made it to 50, which is about the age when people start getting serious about this thing called retirement, if you make it to 50, then your life expectancy for men is 80, women 83. And if you make it to 65, sort of that still traditional retirement age that, that we think about in the U.S., if you make it age 65, life expectancy for men is then increased to 83. And for females, it's 85. So the longer you live, the longer your life expectancy. And I would also add a caveat to, the, to that. Those people who uh, are more affluent, who tend to make more money, tend to have a higher probability of living past the average life expectancies, typically because they engage in good, healthy habits. They listen to doctor's orders. They have a better diet. They have better health. Um, uh, they, they take better care of their body. Uh, they exercise more. Uh, it all kind of fits together. So um, average life expectancy at age 50, 80 for men, 83 females. At age 65, 83 for men, 85 for females. So those are some target areas that we want to start from a planning perspective to try to make sure that our money lasts at least that long. All right, when we come back from the break, I'll get into some of the technicalities on how we do that. If you have any questions about making your money last your lifetime or anything having to do with your personal financial situation, give me a call on that studio line, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner, Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at Wealthway Advisors. Dot com. All right, tonight we're talking about how to make your money last your lifetime. In the accumulation phase, it's uh, relatively easy. Just spend less than you earn uh, and then save the difference. Look, I know it's harder than that, but comparatively from a financial planning perspective, uh, mechanically, that is easier. Uh, and then at some point in time, usually we want to scale back our earned income uh, that we get from work-related activities and start to uh, enjoy the uh, fruits of our labor and maybe go in a little different direction and start spending some of our hard-earned, hard-saved money. So how do we, what do we do from a, a, a income and a spending standpoint to ensure that our our nest egg that we built up lasts our lifetime and keeps us uh, in the lifestyle that we have been accustomed. So first thing you got to keep in mind uh, when it comes to making sure your money lasts your lifetime is make sure that you understand the effects of inflation and that you properly account for 
inflation. Now, average inflation rates uh, in the United States uh, tend to be around 3% per year. But I no longer have to tell people anymore that that is just an average and it can uh, that actual inflation can vary wild, wildly from that because we've learned here in the last uh, year or so that inflation can shoot up dramatically. And uh, it wasn't too many months ago that we were looking at a 8% annual inflation rate. Now, we did have a good run there for about at least a decade where the average annual inflation rate in the U.S. was typically below 3% for a long time. And so people can tend to get complacent when that uh, becomes the norm for a little while, and then they forget how corrosive the effects of inflation can be. But even if it's just the average inflation rate over time, you know, 3% is meaningful. 3% means that over the course of a standard retirement, whatever the cost of a good or service is today, it is most likely going to be double by the end of that retirement, by the end of your lifetime. So what, that $5 Big Mac nowadays, that's going to be $10 in about 24 25 years. So that's a 3% standard inflation rate. The cost of goods and services double in about 24 or 25 years. So you have to make your nest egg keep pace with the effects of inflation. Otherwise, every year you fall a little bit behind. And then there, there's the illusion of bank assets of being safe uh, assets. And and it depends on how you define safe, I guess. They are less volatile than, say, stocks, equities. Um, they don't move up and down. The interest rate in bank accounts don't move up and down as dramatically or on CD rates. Um, but they always, almost always, lag the prevailing inflation rates uh, of the time. And while current bank rates are starting to creep up and we are seeing uh, decent rates of return in short-term CDs, six months, 12 months, uh, we're seeing those around 5%, which is not bad uh, in this environment. Still, it's a little bit less than the most recent prevailing annual inflation rate of 8%. And that's just the nature of how the economic system works is bank and bond rates and government bond rates are typically somewhat less than prevailing inflation rates. And there can be pockets of time where they do exceed prevailing uh, uh, inflation rates. And also a caveat, inflation is very personal. One person's uh, you know, inflation rate is different than another's. It depends on the goods and services that you personally consume. Um, but if we're looking at this generally, then your bank assets are going to usually underperform inflation rates. So while, you, while they are not as volatile and you have the illusion of safety of parking your money in bank accounts and CDs, know that over time, most likely you are falling, your purchasing power of that money is falling behind the effects of inflation over time. 
so it's one of those areas that people, you know, there was an, uh, at one point that an old-fashioned antiquated notion was you work, 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 took whatever savings you had. You re- after you retired, you took whatever savings you had. You went to the bank and you bought, you know, a CD, put all your money in, and you lived off whatever income that CD could produce. And, you know, when maybe, because the, there have been times when, when CDs were paying 8, 9, 10%. Those are juicy rates of return out of essentially a guaranteed instrument, pretty well guaranteed, uh, out, of a, out of bank assets. But you know what, what inflation was at that point in time? 9, 10, 11, and 12%. That's why the CD rates were so high. So you had the illusion of plenty of income, while at the same time your purchasing power was being eroded. So just know that that's not a long-term place to park your nest egg uh, if you want it to maintain its purchasing power. You are going to have to continue to save and invest in long-term U.S. common stocks primarily, or international stocks as well. Those instruments um, have provided most of the growth in most U.S. households' net worth and wealth over time uh, than any other uh, accessible mainstream instrument. So beware of inflation. Know that, that the effects of inflation are corrosive and that your money, money's purchasing power will erode over time if it is not kept, if it does not keep pace with inflation. After you recognize the effects of inflation, the next thing you want to do is maximize your income streams. Of course you do. Who doesn't, right? Maximize your retirement income streams. And for most people, that's a variety of different uh, opportunities depending on what their work was like leading up to retirement. So for those who have pensions, uh, still uh, there's still government employees, uh, state, local, federal, um, a couple large private companies, but boy, they're getting harder and harder. Uh, utilities, I guess utilities still offer some form of pension. Uh, they are an extremely valuable financial planning tool, but they come with really big decisions uh, at the point of retirement. And you, there are different ways to claim your pension benefit. You can claim it based on your own life expectancy, the person who is the worker at the business that's giving uh, the pension just on that person's life alone, or it could be that person and a spouse. And the pension could be paid out over the lifetime of the worker plus the spouse. And if you do that, that's known as a survivor benefit, then chances are your your monthly pension benefit will be reduced somewhat if it must be paid out over two life expectancies instead of one. And when you make this pension claiming decision, it is typically irrevocable with some exceptions at some companies or government agencies. But for most people, once you make your uh, pension claiming decision, That's it for the rest of your life. And so if you choose to receive a pension on your life only, the worker's life only, and you 
you draw the first uh, paycheck from your company. You got the pension. You, your life is good. And then you you um, uh, you get in your car to drive to the airport to take a, a trip around the world, and you get in a car accident and you die. That pension ends when you end. And if it was just one month, then that's it, and your survivor gets nothing unless you have that survivor benefit option. But if you choose a survivor benefit option, you're going to take somewhat less than what you could have had on your life alone. And if you and your and if you outlive your spouse, then you received a reduced benefit over your lifetime that you didn't have to give up. So those are big complicated uh, decisions that have to be made. They should be made thoughtfully. They should be made uh, with a fair amount of analysis before you make your selection. Got to run for the news. Be back in just a few minutes. Jump on the phone line, 627-7979. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. Welcome back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner, Kevin Zivna, coming to you live like we do every second and fourth Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. I'm the president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, you can check us out online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate drop-down menu, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for, is just to send you the information that you request. Or if you have some nuanced questions, want to speak to a live human being, give us a call at the office, 456-2200. want to remind everybody, our next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, October 24th. That's 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, Get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars in Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. Download us, take us with you wherever you go, and listen at your convenience. And for those of you into social media, we have a presence on Facebook and LinkedIn. Search for Wealthway Financial Advisors. Hit that like button. And usually once every week, we put up a financial planning-oriented post. All right, 627-7979 if you want to jump in on the conversation. Tonight, we're talking about how to make your money last your lifetime. Once you get, uh, once you spend a lifetime of hard work, earning, saving, investing, now it's time to enjoy it. Turn that nest egg into an income stream. So, what are some tips and techniques to, in order to do that? It's one of the more complicated areas of personal finance because, well, when the consequences are so dire, if if you mess up, right, you start spending too much money too soon. You're going to run out of money before you run out of life. And then that's going to be a radical lifestyle change at a period of life when, you know, as we're older, it's harder to absorb, 
harder to adapt. So, want to make sure that money lasts your lifetime. Talked about inflation, first half of the show, make sure you account for that. And we're talking about maximizing income streams, so pension claiming strategies, big decision. Make sure you go in um, fully armed with knowledge to choose the right type of uh, pension claiming option that is right for you and your family. Same thing with social security claiming strategies. Well, um, you know, people don't realize how many different um, sort of permutations of claiming Social Security uh, are out there. You know, most people know that you can claim as early, at least right now, as early as age 62 uh, or as late as age 70. And anywhere in between there, your benefit tends to increase by about 8% per year. So waiting to claim means more money when you do claim. Now, overwhelmingly, <laughs> overwhelming, like two-thirds of Americans <laughs> select Social Security at age 62. Like, like two-thirds of Americans take a 62. So, so I don't, there doesn't seem to be a lot of planning going on for most people's Social Security claiming strategies. It's like, I can get my, I can get money now. I'm going to take it. So, but if, for people who are more thoughtful and want to try to maximize Social Security benefits over their lifetime, usually it, it um, pays to wait, but also has a lot to do with um, your employment and how long you intend to work. Uh, in those magic ages between 62 and 70. But Social Security claiming strategies, more complicated than people give it credit for, um, good opportunities for trying to maximize lifetime income through uh, from Social Security if you do, do it thoughtfully. So something to be uh, aware of there. Then another thing to do about maximizing income streams in retirement, consider part-time work. Seems pretty obvious. Um, also maybe a little counterintuitive, but wait. Kevin, I'm retired. I want to retire. I don't want to work. Okay, that's fine. But we have learned a long time ago that you can't just have something to retire from. You have to have something to retire to. If you don't, the brain and the body start to atrophy rather quickly. So part-time work can help fill that void uh, of, of the somewhat of the, the doldrums of the empty days. You know, every day Saturday when you're when you're retired. So having a purpose, having something to get up in the morning for, uh, but something that's not overly stressful and not overly taxing. So that's where part-time work can fit in. And obviously any money you make doing part-time work, that, that's just gonna be uh, a little bit more icing on the cake. And we are seeing more people choosing to do some form of part-time work in retirement. Uh, um, a lot of times, if your employer will allow it, and we're seeing more and more employers allowing it, just going from full-time to part-time at your present employer can do a world of good for both constituencies. Uh, employer retains a good, experienced, knowledgeable uh, employee, and the employee gets uh, an environment that they're comfortable with, familiar with, typically can add great value to, but doesn't have the constant day-to-day stressors, probably takes a step back in responsibility as well. Uh, and so all those nagging inconveniences of the job tend to somewhat fade away, melt away a little bit when you go from a full-time status to part-time, and you know that you don't have to work for financial reasons, and you can pull the plug whenever you want. It's amazing how that changes people's attitude a lot of times on 
on whether they want to keep working or not. When you have the power, when you control if you work or not, a lot of times, you know, you can put up with a little bit more than you expect you could because you know you could walk away uh, anytime. It changes your perspective, makes work more enjoyable. So consider part-time work. And then we get to the biggie uh, that falls in the realm of uh, our domain, personal finance, financial advising, uh, investment management, nest egg withdrawals. Okay, Taking money now from your investment portfolio uh, over the course of your lifetime. Uh, that is one of the uh, most uh, important uh, somewhat difficult without the proper tools, uh, avenues of personal finances, making sure that money, uh, our clients' money lasts their lifetime uh, and is able to maintain their standard of living throughout their lifetime. Now, we, we often hear uh, clients joke that I want to spend my last dollar on my last day. I want to. I want my last check to bounce. <laughs> you know the idea that we're going to spend down your nest egg down to zero over the course of your lifetime, and you know that's that's a, that's a thoughtful idea, right? You, that's your money. You worked a lifetime to get it, and now it's the time to enjoy it and spend it. And as far as I know, we haven't figured out a way to take it with us wherever we go from here. So might as well spend it down. However, the reality of that situation is we never, we don't know our our final expiration date. And what typically no one wants to happen is that they run out of money before they run out of life. And then, of course, due to advances in uh, healthcare and um, health information. We are living longer, uh, a little bit each year. Life expectancies continue to increase. And the last big expense that we all potentially face is long-term care. Long-term care, for anyone who has helped a parent through it or might be in it themselves, knows it ain't cheap. In fact, it's very expensive. Now, there are better solutions coming online all the time, and in-home long-term care is becoming a preference for most people as well as a solution in the marketplace. Um, it's very imperfect right now, uh, very hit, hit or miss in the service offerings that exist in-home health care, but it's usually people's most uh, first line of defense uh, when it comes to aging health issues is uh, some form of in-home health care, which is more economical, up to a point. Then if in-home health care starts to get to almost round the clock, in-home health care, no, then that's that gets more expensive than, say, a traditional nursing home. And even traditional nursing homes are becoming well, they're modifying, I guess I should say, what a traditional mod, uh, nursing home is. A lot of times, um, retirement communities are very uh, healthy, vibrant, um, pleasant places for a lot, a lot of people to be. They're, they're not uh, the sterile, institutionalized, uh, sort of almost hospital-like feeling that um, 
uh, of what I remember my grandparents uh, kind of um, being in at, at one point. These are communities with activities and um, uh, exercise and trips. And so sometimes for people who are isolated, don't have a spouse, don't have much social life, they actually thrive. They do better in those types of environments. And so the whole idea of we're getting, I guess we're getting better at aging. We're getting better at helping people age uh, in their later years. And, and while there's many benefits to that, it also comes with a cost. So, so while it might be easy to say, I'm going to spend my last dollar on my last day, well, you know, you better save a few dollars in case you need some long-term care. And it's one of the hardest things that we have to plan for because the outcomes are so varied. Literally, of course, it can be zero, right? We could never spend a single dollar on any form of long-term care, and uh, we die peacefully in our sleep, and that's how typically most people hope that it happens. Uh, but then there can uh, be Alzheimer's and other um, brain diseases that the body functions normally the body stays healthy while the brain um, suffers somewhat and so uh, to keep people alive in those states costs a lot of money and to have dignity and to have a good quality of life for as long as you can have a good quality of life um, that's where you know long-term care comes in into play and having the money to pay for long-term care uh, comes into play as well. So how do we take money out of our nest egg in order to pay for these things? And how do we withdraw it in a way to make sure that it lasts our lifetime? When we come back for this break, I'm going to wrap things up, giving away those secrets. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You're listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. back to Dollars and Common Sense, your local source for objective, unbiased financial advice. I'm your host, certified financial planner, Kevin Zivna, president of Wealthway Financial Advisors, the premier financial planning firm in Hampton Roads, where we integrate expert investment management with customized ongoing financial planning advice to help our clients answer life's big financial questions and enhance their quality of life. For more information about us, look us up online at wealthwayadvisors.com. Once there, you can request an information packet to find out what it's like to work with us or sign up for a free quarterly newsletter at wealthwayadvisors.com. Just go to the contact page, put your name and address in the dialog boxes there, select the appropriate uh, drop-down menus, and we'll get that information out to you later on this week. And that's all we will use your name and address for is just to send you the information that you request. If you want to give us a call at the office, talk to a live human being, we got those. Give us a call, 456-2200. And our next show will be in two weeks. Uh, next live show will be in two weeks on Tuesday, October 24th at 6 p.m. as usual. But if you can't catch us live every second and fourth Tuesday of the month, get this show as a podcast. Search for Dollars and Common Sense wherever you get your podcasts. And then you can listen at your convenience. All right, tonight we're talking about how to make your money last your lifetime. 
early phases of financial planning relatively simple from a planning standpoint to accumulate the money. It's not simple to do, I know. It's simple to relatively simple to plan for. What is more difficult to do and plan for is the distribution phase of money, taking money from your nest egg in the appropriate amounts while keeping it invested for growth so the purchasing power outpaces inflation and ensuring that you don't run out of it too soon. So much more complicated in the distribution phase than in the accumulation phase. So I was talking about uh, some uh, strategies for uh, taking money from your nest egg. And so how do we how do we effectively do that and ensure that our money lasts our lifetime? Well, number one, you don't need income-producing investments to have income from your investments, okay? Uh, like running to the bank for CDs at one point used to be uh, the norm in retirement. Uh, the next phase of that was, okay, well, I'm in retirement. I need income now. I'm going to, and so I need to invest in vehicles that produce an income, dividend-paying stocks, bonds, those types of investment vehicles. No, you can if you want to. You certainly can, but you don't have to, and you don't need to, and you're probably giving up some long-run return by choosing uh, bonds, well, definitely in bonds, uh, but by choosing bonds and dividend-paying stocks to the exclusion of other types of equities. So know that you don't need income-producing investments to have income. Nowadays, transaction fees at most major brokerage houses are zero or close to it so that they're negligible. So the number one strategy that we use for our clients to ensure that their money outpaces the corrosive effects of inflation is to uh, invest that money for growth in a growth-oriented portfolio. That means predominantly, if not exclusively, in common stocks, in equities. Now, we don't typically use individual stocks for individual companies for a variety of reasons. I won't get into that tonight. But we tend to use mutual funds and ETFs, exchange-traded funds. Selling off shares of a mutual fund or ETF costs almost nothing, and there's your income. Convert the investment into cash, transfer the cash from your brokerage account into your bank, and spend it and enjoy it. You don't need income-producing investments to have income. And in most cases, income-producing investments will drag down your long-run rate of return. Okay. How much can you spend from your portfolio without fear of running out of money? Well, some people have heard of the 4% rule uh, that is kind of taking too much root in the um, public lexicon. 4%, uh, it, 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 the 4%, it's not a rule, it's a suggestion, it's a guideline. And what it is, is between four, you could take from 4 to 5% from your initial portfolio starting value each year and increase that amount in dollar term, whatever the dollar term it converts to, increase that amount for inflation so it maintains its purchasing power. And the probability is such that that money, that spending level, 
will last at least 30 years, if not the entirety of your lifetime, and if not, and, and potentially have even more at the end of the 30 years. So four to five percent of starting value. So on a, for every million dollars you have in your portfolio, that means 40 to 50 thousand dollars of spendable income each year with a high degree of confidence that your money is going to last your lifetime, if not even continue to grow over your lifetime. And and by doing and and at that level you have the freedom and flexibility to occasionally reach into that portfolio and take out larger chunks from time to time when market conditions warrant. So 4 and 5% is not a rule, it's a suggestion, it's a guideline, it gets you in the ballpark and you can use it for starting planning numbers. But we do things uh, much more sophisticated in our practice. We have sophisticated uh, planning software that models a variety of different scenarios over time, but for conversational purposes, four to five percent portfolio withdrawal rate. Now, that, in order for that to hold up, though, that withdrawal rate to hold up, it has to be it has to become out of a properly diversified, well managed, growth oriented portfolio. You can't run to the bank and buy CDs and depend on that. CDs will mature at different. Uh, interest rates, and most likely will decline as inflation declines. You can't just buy bonds at that level. I mean, that might work for today, but bond uh, interest rates uh, will fluctuate over time as well. It needs to be a properly diversified, well-managed, growth-oriented portfolio made up primarily of common stocks, which means we believe it's the death of the 60-40 retirement portfolio. Traditionally, uh, after the CDs, after after the bonds, then you went to a 60-40 uh, stock portfolio. So that's 60% stocks, 40% bonds, and that was sort of the traditional uh, portfolio asset allocation. Mm, we don't believe that. I mean, most of the investment world still is using that. We've abandoned that a long decades ago. Um, it doesn't hold up over time. It drags down your long-run rate of return over time. It's, it lessens the amount of money you can spend, and therefore it reduces your standard of living over time. And then finally, through sophisticated portfolio modeling and sophisticated planning software, we do what's called a Monte Carlo analysis. Monte Carlo has nothing to do with the actual city. Uh, it has to do with probability analysis. The probability that at a given spending rate, your portfolio will last over your lifetime. And based on that number, which, is a, which, which evolves over time, we give our clients guidance and advice on the proper spending level over the lifetime without fear of running out of money. That's all the time I have for today. Be back in two weeks, Tuesday, October 24th. I'm certified financial planner Kevin Zivna. You've been listening to Dollars and Common Sense on News Talk 790 WNIS. The preceding program was sponsored and paid for by Wealthway Financial Advisors. We are solely responsible for its content.